Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stagman. With me, as always, is my pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. We host a show called High Spirits in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Yep. Hey, Noelle, what's shaking? Hi, how are you? I'm really well. Thanks for asking. Oh, good. Uh, Thanks for using proper grammar. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Or thank you? What? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, (laughs) What is it that you were drinking this eventide? Uh, I thought you might like this. It's called friends.red. Friends.red. I love it. It's a Sonoma County red wine. Um, it's the, it's the wine for the millennial. Uh, it's got a winky smiley face on the side. Yeah. Friends.red for your everyday millennial. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Oh, it says a red blend for friends. It already comes with a tagline. Oh, damn it. God. Perfect for our program tonight. Program. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm drinking Daisy Cutter Pale Ale from Half Acre mm-hmm. Beer Company from right here in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Represent. Daisy Cooch. 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 How about the Cooch? What do you think that guy's up to? Cuchinella? Yeah. Oh, no. Or do you mean the one, the... The Cush. That's the Cush? <laughs> we could call him the Cooch. No, there was a Cooch. He's the resident Cooch. There was one um, who... who um, he was the Attorney Sean's... General oh. of... Uh, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. He got himself... That's Cuccinelli. Just... But then there was a one after Sean Spicer, who was also the Cooch. Or the Mooch? The Cooch? He was the Mooch. The Mooch. What was that guy's name? He was very... Like, he lasted a weekend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's doing fine. Yeah. Oh, and didn't he... He... His wife went into labor. He was not there, and she filed for divorce. Wow! After giving birth to their child, Cooch Junior. Cooch Junior. Mooch Junior. Mooch Junior. Well, uh, Mook Junior. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm um, sure his life is going swimmingly. Yeah, I mean, you, you bounce right back from something like that. <laughs> <laughs> How can you not? Uh, do you want to check in on anything? Uh, nope. Still, uh, unclear about what causes Legionnaire's disease. Okay. Um, I never dove into that. Oh, well, that's fine. But I thought it was worth reminding people about it. (laughs) Yes. Remind people of your folly. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I've got nothing. Um, nope. We'll just launch right into it. Okay. Do you have things? Oh, you're going to just jump right I'm in. Just, no, I don't have anything to share. Anything you want to pitch? Nine. Okay. Nay. Life's good? Life's good. Life, yeah. I okay. Mean, you know, it's perfectly cold outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a little chills. Um, I am going to go ahead and um, say this might be one of those programs mm-hmm. that uh, needs a little bit of a parental warning. <gasps> oh. Yeah. I'm so excited right now. Um, so, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. Don't okay. listen to it with your chitlins. There isn't necessarily anything overtly, um, 100% naughty coming up, but it might be a little bit too much for, uh, young minds to take. That's all. Let me, allow me to translate for a minute. Um, when Jay says chitlins, she doesn't mean like that weird <laughs> meat thing. Um, she I means that Southern food. She means children. Um, also, I'm just going to throw in another addendum to that, I yeah. guess. I don't think your kids should be listening to this show. No, I don't think so either. There's language. In case in case you hadn't thought about that prior to today. I think tonight. we've gotten pretty good at censoring ourselves compared mm-hmm. to where we were when we started. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's still not great for the kids. Nope. Unless you're cool with it. Yeah. I mean, Jay drops, drops F-bombs in front of my kid all the time. I do not. 
I never do. That's a terrible thing to say. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. Except for when you do. No, I don't. Really, it's me, because I'm the worst. Oh, my God. There's, none of these things are true. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no, I do. I'll, like, I'll be, I'll say something out of frustration. I'll be like, don't ever repeat that. <laughs> um, I Parenting by Noelle. Yeah. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are going to talk about Anton LaVey. Yeah! Oh, I'm so excited about this. That's correct. Oh, man. Yeah, we got excited. going to be loud on the, <laughs> on the thing. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about him. I'm so excited Yield about this. Yield Anton LaVey. I'm going to try to not say words and just sit back and listen. No, say words. You must say words. <sighs> He's fascinating. You must say words. Yes. So, um, just for context, Anton LaVey, uh, why this might be just a little bit too much for some people. And also if you're sensitive to, um, uh, anything in the satanic milieu or anything about Satanism, this may not be the one for you either. Um, basically, but can I, I'm sorry. Remember when I was going to say things, but now I'm saying something. I, I think though there might be some importance to listening to some of this stuff because I think, Oh yeah. It's not what you think it is. It's not what you think it is. And so I think it's important for, people to get a good understanding of exactly like it's not devil worshiping. Oh no, not at all. In in no way. And that's the big misunderstanding. And you're going to say all of these things. So I don't want to, mm-hmm. but like if we're putting out this disclaimer right now, give it a, give it a little bit of a listen mm-hmm. before you cast some judgment on the whole satanic uh, religion, I guess we'll say. Yeah. I just didn't want people who are susceptible to being scared, being scared. Totally. I get that. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I know when I was talking about Aleister Crowley, I wanted to talk about Anton LaVey because Anton LaVey is Chicago's very own Aleister Crowley. Mr. Crowley, <laughs> but it's Anton. Yep. See what I did there? Uh, and I, did, I saw exactly <laughs> what you did. It was great. Okay. Um, Anton LaVey is called the father of Satanism, the St. Paul of Satanism, the black Pope, and the evilest man in the world. <laughs> Aleister Crowley was called the evilest man in the world. So it's kind of fun. There's some verisimilitude there. Battle. Um, in case you're wondering, Anton LaVey was not born Anton LaVey. He was born Howard Stanton Levy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Also, your notes are so nice. Thanks. This is like, really, like, you were putting together a school report. This is like, (laughs) outlined and sectioned and bolded and uh, bullet pointed. Impressive, dude. Thanks. This is really good. I'm, I'm, I really need to step up my game. You are doing absolutely fine. Uh, okay, go ahead. So Howard Stanton Levy was born in Chicago on April 11th, 1930. I don't know why I didn't keep that name. Yeah, no, I, I it doesn't sound evil enough, probably. <laughs> Howard. Howie. <laughs> Howie, stop masturbating and come down to Shiv, uh, Shabbat. <laughs> Sit Shiva for your grandma. Um... <laughs> He died at the tender young age of 67 in San Francisco on October 29th, 1997. So he has been departed from this uh, world for 20 years. Um, his parents were Michael Joseph Levy and uh, Gertrude Levy. They sound really nice. Yeah. I feel like anybody with the name Gertrude is just a nice person. Yep. Yep. Gertie. Gertz. <laughs> that's terrible. 
his parents moved to California in his early life. Um, they moved to the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, they were very supportive. They He was very talented with musical instru- instruments. And so um, they encouraged that in him. And his favorites ended up being um, the piano, the pipe organ, and the calliope. Okay. Which will come into play a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, he attended... Tamil Pius High School in Mill Valley, California. Uh, at the age of 16, though. Shout out to Mill Valley. <laughs> Mill Valley, what up? Mill Valley Bulldogs. <laughs> Home of the fighting bulls. Dogs. <laughs> Go red and green. <laughs> Probably not. Are those ever <laughs> terrible colors? <laughs> it's Christmas, 100 yeah. days out of the year. The old red and green. Oh, such a good team. Onward to glory. The fighting bulls. Dogs. Dogs. Uh, LeVay claimed he left high school to join the circus yeah. and carnivals. And when he first joined, he was a roustabout. Then he became a cage boy with big cats. And then he ended up being a musician who, who played the calliope. Where's that cage boy? Cage boy. Somebody get that cage boy with oh, that stool. He's playing the calliope. <laughs> He's using the stool to play the calliope. <laughs> He's sitting on the stool. Uh, we need that stool to stick in the tiger's mouth. That's right. Cage boy. Cage boy. <laughs> Howie. He was still Howie then. <laughs> um, Anton LeVay uh, later claimed to say that um, uh, the same men who attended uh, these body sort of um, scandalous Saturday nights um, at the carnival with the same men that would show up to the tent revival meetings on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And it sort of reinforced his uh, increasingly cynical view of Christianity. Okay. Um, he, at a very young age, decided that uh, he was not about the hypocrisy of um, these dudes. Did you, um, did you state why uh, or how he was raised uh, in a really supportive household. No, I'm sorry. Uh, what was he raised in any type of religion? You know, I'm not sure. I, I, I think he might have been. It's hard to tell. the The story goes like this: that his um, mother was a Russian slash uh, Ukrainian immigrant. Maybe um, his father. So maybe she well, was Christian and his father was Jewish. Because is a Jewish yeah. name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I'm not sure what he was raised technically in. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop here just for clarification because much like the predecessors in his vein of charismatic men, mm-hmm. Anton LaVey hardly ever told the truth about himself and was probably a pathological liar. Aha. Uh-huh. So or when I say a con artist or a con artist or completely true <laughs> or the same thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he's very much of that L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. Sort of creating realities where, where maybe there wasn't one. So when I say he said he joined the carnival, that may not be true. So he Just wasn't saying. a cage boy. I don't know. I won't stand for this. Our friend Lawrence Wright, speaking of Scientology, oh, the so journalist, good. Um, investigated LeVay's background and find, found no evidence that LeVay ever worked in a circus as a musician or a cage boy. This is devastating. I, it is devastating. I, I said it and then I took it away. No! Um, here are some other things 
that LeVay thought was really important about his personal biography and, um, uh huh. Yeah. And part of his, part of his being larger than life was telling pathological tales. Um, <laughs> while playing the organ in, uh, this is what he would say while playing the organ in Los Angeles in burlesque houses, he said he had an affair with Marilyn Monroe okay. before she was the Marilyn Monroe. Um, when she was a dancer at the Mayan theater. However, when she was still a, what was her Norma Jean Norma Baker? Jean, yeah. Um, for those who knew Marilyn Monroe and the manager of the Mayan, uh, who also knew her obviously, or didn't know her, but he, uh, his name was Paul Valentine. He said that Marilyn Monroe had never been one of his dancers. They would have loved to her, have loved to have had her, but she did not actually work there. <laughs> right. Um, and he said that his theater had never been used as a burlesque house. Uh huh. Then, according to LeVay, in his personal biography, after his stint in Los Angeles, where he was stripping the Marilyn Monroe, um, he moved back to San Francisco and he worked for the San Francisco Police Department. In one of his biographies, he says that he was a uh, photographer. In another, he said they paid him to be a psychic investigator. Cool. Uh huh. Um, what can't you do, Anton? Right. Howard. Howie. Uh, <laughs> there's no record of that. Um, and then he also said he was in the San Francisco San Francisco Orchestra. Playing the calliope? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, I had no idea that the calliope made an orchestral uh, debut. It does not. Okay. So. <laughs> not, just not a thing. Right. So um, if whatever you hear sounds too good to be true, good too good to be true or you're like that's probably um a falsehood you're probably right oh i know not not cool anton it's because everything because he was so supported by his parents right so everything that he said they were like that's great howie <laughs> yeah exactly you're doing awesome like you just keep it up buddy mm-hmm. sure that guy over there your buddy fred he's totally real <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What's that? He has glowing red eyes. That's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fred. <laughs> um, in I'm just going to talk about his long-term partners uh, really fast before I get to mm-hmm. um, the Church of Satanism. Um, but in 1950, uh, he met Carol Lansing, and they were married the following year. And what? You, I'm sorry, what year? 1950. Okay. So he was 20 when he met her, and 21 when he. Um, Married her, and LeVay had a daughter with her, Carla LeVay, who was born in 1952. Okay. They divorced in 1960 after uh, LeVay became entranced by Diane Hargitay. Is that how you say it? Hargitay. Uh, yeah. Hargitay? Hargitay. Hargitay? You're Mariska's mother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... um Hargitay and LeVay never married, but uh, she was his companion for 25 years. Mm-hmm. She mothered his second, da- uh, his second daughter, Zena Galatia Shrek, in 1963. Amazing. In 1984, Hargitay issued a restraining order against LeVay, which he did not contest. They ended up getting a divorce, and she sued for palimony. No, I'm sorry. This is not Mariska Hargitay's mother. Oh, okay. Hagari? Uh, may- yeah, maybe it is, because... Her mother was um, Jane, Jane Mansfield. Mansfield. Yeah. She'll come into the story later. That's why I was thinking it was her, because she's... Yeah. yeah. Sorry. That's okay. So that... Yeah, this is a different name. This is a different name. Yeah, okay. It's got to be, like, Higardi. Higardi. Yeah. 
Uh, LeVay's third and final companion was Blanche Barton. Uh, Barton and LeVay uh, are the parents of Satan Xerxes Karnacki LeVay, born November 1st, 1993. <laughs> so he had kids 41 years apart. Do you think Satan goes by Satan or Xerxes? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'd go by Xerxes. But... Xerxes is a way cooler name. Yeah. Um, Barton succeeded him, so his final wife, succeeded him as the head of the Church of Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, she stepped down from that role and handed it to uh, Magus Peter H. Gilmore. In this in this case, Magus is his... Magus. Is it Magus? Yeah. Magus is his um, degree in the church. Okay. We'll go th- through those in a sec. So, now that we've talked a little bit about Howie, <laughs> let's talk about Levian Satanism. And so this is where some of those clarifications might happen. If you've stuck around, you Do might... Do we... I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Do we know when he became Anton? Um... Probably somewhere in the 60s. Okay. Um, his church was created officially in 66, and he was winging it probably until the Satanic Bible came out in 1969. Okay. So. Do you think that was totally like one of those like acid moments where they no, were No, he like, didn't do any drugs. He did zero drugs? Yeah. Oh, he didn't believe in drugs. Oh. I mean, he believed they existed, but he didn't think that. That it was. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So this is not, this is not, um that it's not actually a symptom of counterculture okay. in that way at all. Okay. He didn't like things like that. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It is. It is. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, LeVay established LeVayan Satanism in the United, uh, sorry, in uh, the United States, uh, specifically in California, through the founding of his church of Satan on, I'm going to say this wrong. Well, per, well, Perkish knocked, well, Perkish knocked of 1966. Um, he proclaimed that to be year one in a Satanist, the year, the first year of the age of Satan. Okay. I think that date is April 30th. I think that's, I didn't put down my piece of paper, but that's where, um, I think that's when, well, Pergish Nacht lands. Mm-hmm. Um, his ideas were heavily influenced by the writings of uh, Friedrich Nietzsche and Ayn Rand. Let's talk about the Satanic Bible for a sec. Um, he wrote that in 1969. Um, just a quick thing. Um, Levain Satanists do not treat the Satanic Bible as sacred texts. Right. So it's not like, as you hear these terms, know that they're sort of, I don't want to, I don't want to call it satire, but, um, it references a lot of Christianity in order to make fun of it. Right. So Satanic Bible is a choice, but people in that let's call it quote unquote religion, which is also a kind of a mocking word. Um, don't mm-hmm. actually think it's a sacred text, which is kind of a weird thing to say. Um, the book has been described this way. Um, so I'll just read a quote with clear eyed appreciation of true human nature, a love of ritual and pageantry and a flair for mockery. The very satanic Bible promulgated a gospel of self indulgence that he argued Anyone who dispassionately consider the facts would embrace. So he, in his own way, thought this was really kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> like, um, and, and he chose a lot of these things to be shocking. And he thought if he could just shock people out of the status quo mm-hmm. and sort of make them laugh a little bit, um, that they would, they would see 
he's got his own brand of like dorky humor. Yeah. Like he's like kind of, he's like, he's kind of an outcast and he is. Yes. Um, I'm going to post pictures of him. If you see him, he looks like a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's always wearing like a capes. Cape. <laughs> I, mean, I know I made fun of him before as being extra, but he's just like. I mean, he was totally a person I would hang out with in high school and to this day. Not me. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I'd, I'd love talking to him, but I, mean, I In I high school, I... for sure, I'd be like, you're a weirdo. I'm on board. Um, yes. And, and so that's what's, like, so amazing to me because he, like, is such a dork. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, snorting at this stuff and be like, they don't even get it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even get it that I'm making fun of them. Yes. Yes. So that's, that's what we're going to get into in this section, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of times, um, and we'll talk about, like, later on, we'll talk about Satanism in the 80s and this kind of, like, um, um, world whirlwind of hysteria, I would say, that blew over America. And most of that was just based on what they thought it was. Mm-hmm. And... It's interesting because the the founder and the person who created so much of this theology didn't think any of those things. Right. Um, but people, again, people hear the word Satan and then they send three innocent kids, the West Memphis, Memphis three, to prison. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's the most interesting thing about Satanism is that it, what we think Satanism to be be and what our fears of it are uh-huh. are purely based on speculation and a, what's been created by pop culture pop culture and by um i would say christian extremists well i would also say too that this is going to come up later or maybe i'll just pooch it now um i know this is your type of music but all that satanic music all that rock and roll shit <laughs> All he this, actually, it's not satanic. I wouldn't call it satanic. No, I know, but he, but, but like all those things were like, yeah, play it backwards. Yeah, and, where mothers are like, don't listen to this because it's right. Satan. Um, Anton Levey actually hated that type of yeah. music. He played the Calliope for Christ's sake. I, <laughs> he didn't. He really didn't like guitar shredding and like all oh, hail Satan. I like, was he actually was dumb. I was actually looking to see if there was a picture of him playing the Calliope, and I couldn't find one. Oh my god. Um, so nerdy. I just a real quick side story. Um. When this is something that will live with live with me forever, I want to say I want to say it was in second grade, but I think I was older just based on like the the cassette tapes that my friends sure. had at the time. But um, we had a substitute music teacher um, in my Catholic grade school who came in and gave a lesson on Satanism in music, and this is in the eighties. Yeah which there's all the satanic panic going on. And um, we watched this video about like all of the signs of Satanism and how you know that the music that you're listening to is satanic. And they were taking down Def Leppard because there were triangles and prisms in their album covers. Um, They referenced Michael Jackson. um, uh, And I, I can't remember you know, and obviously like Judas Priest, Metallica, like those guys were all brought into it as well. Like play it back, play that, play it backwards. And this is what these kids are doing. And I think they, I I don't think the West Memphis Memphis three had happened yet, but that um, happened in the early nineties. Yeah. So that hadn't happened yet, but like they were showing images of these kids that were worshiping Satan and all the awful, awful things they were doing. And, um, a girl that I was friends with that I grew up with, 
went home that day. She was so affected by this video that we watched and had Def Leppard tapes and went and smashed them with a hammer. Sure. Because she was so upset about it. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, but I like this music. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very conflicted right now. Sure. Of where I stand. But that was like a real legitimate thing that was happening. They were going after all those people. It was crazy. Um, Let's talk about this. Um, We have to, if we want to talk about LeVay, we have to talk about him as an atheist. So this is very, very important. Um, and hopefully it gives some context to what he was actually trying to, trying to do with um, Satanism. So um, as an atheist, uh, LeVay rejected all gods. Right. Um, LeVay and his church did not espouse the belief in Satan as an entity who literally existed. He did not encourage the worship of Satan as a deity. So... The use of Satan was a uh, symbolic mm-hmm. ideation. Right. Um, they did not worship the devil as a real figure. Uh, the image of Satan is embraced because of its association with social nonconformity and rebellion against the dominant system. So, just to espouse on this, um, LeVay defined Satanism as a secular philosophy of rationalism and self-preservation uh, natural law, animal state, gift wrapping these ideas in religious trappings to add to their appeal. Right. So, um, that is kind of the complicated thing about Howie <laughs> is that like, again, at its face value, you might think, oh, this is, this is, um, uh, Satan is an actual God and mm-hmm. they are actually religiously worshiping this person and they were not. Absolutely not. So, um, he actually described Satanism as an anti-religious religion. Um, and further, uh, he embraced the iconic, uh, iconography of Satan uh, and the label Satanist because it shocked people into thinking. And when asked about his religion, he stated, quote, the reason it's called Satanism is because it's fun, it's accurate, and it's productive. And that was that. So it certainly is a conversation starter. And... Um, yeah, at face value, it's very scary. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, in 1966, this is terribly frightening. Totally. I mean, atheism hadn't even really settled in as like, or secularism, I should say, as something that like a regular ass person could do. It still hasn't. Sure. We still, it's still shocking to have uh, a person in government that runs as an atheist. Right. Like, it, it's just not heard of. Yeah. So this is still shocking. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I just, I want to make note of what you said, like, and just kind of reiterate in nowhere in anything that you just said or anything that he has written, is there anything about worshiping the devil? Right. Anything about that, like God versus the <laughs> devil. To be fair, uh, we'll get to this in a second. He did just like Aleister Crowley believe in magic. Yeah. So magic will come into play, which can also be a terrifying conceit for people. Totally. So, um, a quick thing about human beings. Um, LeVay thought the human being, um, he explicitly viewed us as animals. Um, and he believed if humans were actually animals, we had no purpose other than survival of the fittest. Um, and, um, basically 
therefore who exists is in an amoral context. So if you have lived your whole life uh, in order to survive, you've probably done terrible things. Mm-hmm. According to, right. let's say, Christian doctrine, which is what he was mostly right. up against. Survival um, of the fittest. So um, he believed that in adopting a, a philosophical belief in what... Uh, Oh, he, sorry. He thought because of this belief that um, uh, if humans were animals, then we were the most vicious animal of all because we had reached such superior dominion. Mm-hmm. Um, when talking about uh, humans hurting other humans, um, he promoted a policy of uh, lex talionis, which is Latin, and it means um, the law of retaliation. And so... He thought if it ever got that bad, um, instead of, let's say, the biblical uh, Christian teaching of turn the other cheek, um, his thing was the reverse. If a man smite thee on the cheek, smash him on the other. It's violent. It is violent. I like that. Um, Yeah. So that's one of those things. Did he ever do it? Probably not. No. But, again, this is all like philosophy right it's not it it reminds me so much of alistair crawley both men reviled or like uh, they loved being reviled let's let's like it was their fucking jam let's be realistic about these guys too um (laughs) they liked being they like people being scared of them they liked being outsiders and they never really did anything necessarily all that bad but they loved people to believe they did right because I think that this comes from a place of insecurity. They uh-huh. were outsiders. They were, they were outcasts. Not particularly attractive. Not attractive guys. Um, they, I mean, I think Anton. It's arguable that Anton Levay is far more or Levay is far more attractive than Alistair Crowley, but that's not. You could try. Anyway, but when he's looking, when he was wearing his Satan outfit, he he looks like a dipshit. Oh, yeah. I it's hope, very hard to take it. I hope seriously. you're gonna go there. Yeah. Um, so. But, um, these guys were, they weren't, they weren't the athletes. They weren't popular. So they were probably picked on a lot when they were younger. Therefore they wanted to be reviled because, and feared. So they would do things to make themselves stand out. But the reality is that they couldn't beat up another guy. So like well, this kind of like, concept, we'll talk about him later. Cause he'll come in Marilyn Manson and the spooky kids. Yeah. Like Marilyn Manson was the biggest dork. And he totally. got off on eventually people finding his like pasty white skin and weirdness. Terrifying. It's, 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 it's the goth kids. Yeah. And, and I was, I was trying to like skirt around it to oh, not yeah. like offend, but like it's the goth kids who, um, and listen, I was close to being one of you. So I, I get it. <laughs> when I, was I first met quite, you, I thought you were. <laughs> I know, a lot of people, a lot of people think that about me. Uh, I wasn't quite there, but I was friends with you guys. And like, I get it. But they're the most passive people in the world because you're physically weak. Yeah. Um, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so the reality is that you can't, like, cause damage to another human being. But the idea of talking big um, goes a long way. And so it's more being reviled and feared. And I totally get this. But mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's like that's the best analogy. You're the goth kids. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly who this guy was. Like, he is the father of goth. Mm-hmm. 
We're going to talk about magic. You want to talk about magic? Always. <laughs> I never don't want to talk about magic. Right? Uh, so, LeVay's understanding of magic was influenced by the British occultist, Aleister Crowley, who we keep bringing up. Um, listen to the episode that we had about him. Um, Aleister Crowley thought, do what thou wilt. Yeah. And he actually was accused in his time of being a Satanist, and we had a conversation in that episode that he absolutely wasn't. Nope. Not at all. Um, he didn't even know it was a thing. Right. <laughs> Um, rather than characterizing magic as a supernatural phenomenon, they expressed, um, the view that, uh, magic is a part of the natural world and thus far undiscovered by scientists. Um, where he sort of differentiates in the magic legacy, where he mm-hmm. kind of really stands out, um, as he said, there is no division between black magic and white magic. And he attributed, so at this point he starts going off on magicians which I think is fascinating. So remember how he was taking um, Christianity to task? Right. At this point, he takes magic to task. Like Harry Houdini magi- magicians? Uh, all of it. Is, but he's an illusionist. Right. But all of it. He I'm basically said, yeah. He basically was like, black magic and white magic is horseshit. You're either doing magic or you're not. We're only doing blood sugar sex magic. Right. And he actually <laughs> thought um, he really despised white uh, white magicians <laughs> meaning like white magic. Uh, white magic magicians not caucasian right <laughs> i know i read that i'm like whoops that sounds weird um because he just thought they were filled to the brim with smug hypocrisy and mm-hmm. self-deceit like uh, i'm doing good magic i'm doing bad magic and he's like fuck it it's all magic right uh the um side note uh the dollop the podcast the dollop does a really awesome um episode about magicians oh and um I can't remember his name, uh, but they talk about a very popular magician who was an Irish guy who actually um, later in his career uh, dressed as an Oriental. Oh. And that, like, at the time, like, this is in the early 20th century, Mm -hmm. like, that was the term that they used. He went as an Asian man, a Chinese man, and, like, people believed. Sherlock Holmes did that, or Sir Sir Arthur Conan Conan Doyle Doyle. wrote that for... Sherlock Holmes as well. It, I mean, this man dressed in costume for his shows and people bought it and it's terrible, but it's an, if you listen to the dollop or or check it out. I've never heard of it. Um, it's a lot of fun. You're always giving us the uh, the podcast 411. Uh, it's a fun, it's a fun podcast. It's a bi-weekly history podcast. Ooh, sounds like I would like it. I think you would, you might like it. (laughs) <laughs> Why might? There's things about that that might irritate you. Oh, okay. But they're they're fun guys. One of the guys is from Wisconsin, so I have a bit of an affinity Scotty for Pride. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the two types of magic, shall we? Please. So the first type of magic is greater magic. So Anton LaVey separated magic into two categories, mm-hmm. greater magic and lesser magic. Okay. So... Greater magic is a form of ritual practice and is meant as psychodramatic catharsis to focus one's emotional energy for a specific purpose. These rites are based on three major psycho-emotive themes, compassion, destruction, and sex. So that would be love, hate, and lust. Yep. Um, the space which the ritual is performed is known as the, quote, intellectual decompression chamber. Um, and intellectually, what Anton LaVey would say, um, let your skepticism and disbelief be willfully suspended um, so you can allow yourself to fully express your mental and emotional needs and 
hold back nothing. So you can actually get um, to the deepest of your feelings and desires. Now, this is important because, um, again, going back to that satanic fear, or even that fear of magic equaling witchcraft, not really so for Anton LaVey. So let's kind of go back to that this notion. This is kind of like him, hypnotic or like meditation in a way. Well, if he really did think that, that things would manifest itself, but I do want to go back to like that quote unquote intellectual decompression chamber Yeah, because he actually had to convince himself because of his own intellectualism that he could leave his mind at the door, which means his disbelief and uh-huh. pretend as though all this were true. Interesting. It's sort of a complex thing with him. That is really interesting. So for him, Satan wasn't really real. Right. For him, magic is real, but not real. It's all real, but not real. And I think that's the hardest part. Of- so he's convincing himself. Yeah. That he basically- this universe that he is creating actually. So he, <laughs> that's, that is intense. Yeah. He has to say, leave your mind at the door. Uh huh. So you can do dumb things. Awesome. And if you do these dumb things, then probably something will manifest. Uh huh. But you cannot go in with a, with a mind of judgment. Well, it's it's suspending reality, and in allowing yourself mm-hmm. to trust that what's right in front of you. It, 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 he, okay, so th- this is maybe a stretch, but what's interesting about that is that I feel like kind of almost ties into Christianity. It, t- it. it completely does. It's faith. Yes. It's, it's, that's what he's saying. And he's such a rational. No, you're totally right. That's exactly what he's saying. I have no faith in anything, but this quote unquote intellectual decompression chamber is his version of faith. Amazing. Yeah. He's such a rational person that he has to convince himself (laughs) to have faith. That's, that is fascinating. Uh Uh-huh. Um, this greater magic, uh, could then be employed to ensure sexual gratification, material gain, personal success, or a curse to one's enemies. LeVay wrote about this thing called the balance factor, um, insisting... I can't stop smiling. I'm so excited about all this. <laughs> insisting that any magical aims have to be realistic. Okay. So that's why he was very specific with people. It has to be in the material world. They can't be wishes and hopes and dreams because that's what prayers are. Yep. This has to be... Um, I'll, I'll go back and say it. Uh Sexual gratification, material gain, personal success, or a curse to one's enemies. Um, but he, he's expecting actual results. Yes. I mean, like, or like immediate results. Yeah. If if you are practicing magic and not getting actual results, uh-huh. then it's just the same as praying. Okay. Got it. So you have to have faith that this will work, but that faith must produce results. Otherwise, it is inconsequential. Now... Obviously, sexual gratification, like... Big perv. Of course. <laughs> um, I, and I knew that. I'm not going to fully go into it the way I didn't with Aleister Crawley, but, like, but I, let's just say Anton LaVey was a big perv. Totally into it. Uh, not... I'm saying he was not. Anyway. Um, he liked blood, sir, blood, blood sugar, sugar sex, sex magic. magic. No, but I'm saying... So, obviously, that's more instant, but, like, as far as, like, uh, professional development or career success is there a timeline for these things? Like, or is he expecting like, I got to work on Monday and my boss is going to be like, congratulations, you're promoted. I think it's that. Okay. I mean, I, I, there's not a lot of, um, here's a giant raise. Yeah. I I, I think for what he was trying to get across to people was instant gratification. Got it. Okay. Because if you bothered to do all the stuff, the fact that you would wait, I mean, again, 
he did not want it to be confused with prayer. It's magic. Right. And so it either worked or it didn't. Right. Because if you're sitting around praying for a better job, mm-hmm. it could be two years. You'd be like, my prayers were answered. He's like, no, horse shit. Right. Like if, <laughs> if you're, if you're trying to do a magic spell to have sex, have sex. It's amazing he didn't get into the infomercial game. I well, right? I mean, he would have made so much money. He totally would have. Um, let's talk about lesser magic real fast. Um, lesser magic is referred to as everyday or situational magic. So it's it's not like this higher art, greater magic. Um, it is the practice of manipula- manipulation by means of applied psychology. Okay. So the. LeVay defined it as, quote, while and guile obtained through various devices and contrived situations, which when utilized can create change in accordance with one's will. So the idea is that um, in the moment, under controlled circumstances, I would be able to, let's say, control your behavior. Right. Or spook you out enough or turn you on enough or uh, uh, make it seem like, whatever, whatever I wanted was your idea. Mm-hmm. It's basically like how to make friends and influence people. Yeah. Which all these guys, which is a book, <laughs> but all these guys are basically doing the Carnegie thing right. of how to make friends and influence, influence people. Yeah. What is so fascinating to me is that all of these charlatans of the charlatans, I apologize to my Satanists listening. Hello. Holler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that they all have the same, like, um, like mandatory reading list. Okay. Which is kind of fascinating. Like yeah. they all learned at the feet of big business and PT Barnum. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very organized. Yeah. I mean, the way that someone approached LRH, <laughs> the L Ron Hubbard's, um, <laughs> I just shake said, my head. Yeah. And said, this should be a religion. Anton LaVey was approached when he was doing all this stuff. And someone said, this should really be a religion. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he locked it down. Um, well, you get, I mean, from a business standpoint, it's the way to go. You yep. get, um, uh, well, he wanted to become the Supreme leader and that's how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. And Cause like, you can't, if you don't lock it down, then other people are going to take credit for your bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then you have like Anton LeVay juniors running around and they're not the real thing. No. Instead you want to have your Satan Xerxes yeah. LeVay's <laughs> orchestrating, but that kid's only what? 24. Young. Yeah, young, 24. Young, man. Um, I'm going to wrap up Lesser Magic by saying two more things. Um, LeVay wrote that the key concept in Lesser Magic is the, quote, command to look, which can be accomplished by utilizing elements of sex, sentiment, and wonder, in addition to utilization of looks, body language, sense, color, patterns, and odor. So he's basically talking about um, parlor tricks and uh-huh. psychology. Um, and sort of making people, making, maybe making people believe in you and your horseshit. Um, which (laughs) we've already talked about, so we might as well keep talking about, which is why he decided to look like Satan. I mean, it's manipulation. And yeah, it's, so it's, it's like, he thought yeah. the scarier that he looked, even though I look at all those pictures, I think it looks like a fucking dork. Mm-hmm. He terrified people. But, but right. Like we can look at, <laughs> we can look at him in 2017 now and be like, look at this guy. He's like such a caricature of himself or a parody of himself. And like, but 
in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, in Alternate House, he put the head of Baphomet on it. Right. He was... And wore a cape, and everyone was like, oh my god. Yeah, he shaved his head bald. I think he was... Well, he was bald. Yeah, but he did shave it. Yeah. But he started to shave it, and then he eventually balded completely. And, like, he had, like, the crazy um, striking eyebrows and the goatee. Like, he definitely shaped his appearance to look a certain way. And during that time, especially in the 80s, mm-hmm. you see this guy on Phil Donahue yeah. Oh, yeah. and Sally Judd. Because he was yeah, doing he was. the circuit as well. And he was, like, I remember as a kid seeing him too. on all of those shows. Sally, Jesse, Raphael, it was Geraldo. So scary. He was terrifying. Yeah. But he was, like, and it was a shot. He, like, he was almost like the original shot jock. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, ugh. And, and And you know what? Kudos to that fucking guy because he was the <laughs> ultimate goth kid who got everybody's attention and scared the fuck out of them. Yeah. And he did it right. And that's why I like this guy so much because it was like, <laughs> he, he beat up all of the jocks. Yeah. He finally got his he got like, he... yeah, he got his comeuppance and he got what he wanted out of it. And that is, and he was laughing to the bank. Uh, Sort of. Yes. (laughs) I know you're going to get there. But Um, it's pretty impressive, like, what this dork. Yeah. And I know I keep saying that, and I mean that with all due respect, because I am also a dork. Like, it is very impressive what this guy was able to do. Uh Uh-huh. Let's talk about um, the nine satanic statements. Okay. So these are considered a touchstone of um, contemporary organized Satanism. Um, that constitute um, basically the philosophy. Okay. I'm just going to read them all off and we're going to talk about them. Great. Number one, Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Number two. <laughs> doing it and doing it and doing it well. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know why I sing that song <laughs> all the time on this show. Number two, Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Number three. Satan represents undefi- undefiled wisdom instead of hypocritical self-deceit. De- Four. Satan represents kindness to those who deserve it instead of love wasted on ingrates. Five. Satan represents vengeance instead of turning the other cheek. Six. <laughs> Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of concern for psychic vampires. Seven. I think that's an important one. We'll come back, we'll come we back to, to that. that one. Satan represents man as just another animal who because of his divine and intellectual development has become the most vicious animal of all. Eight, Satan represents all the so-called sin as they will lead to physical, mental, and emotional gratification. And finally, nine, Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept the church in business all these years. Best friends. Yeah. By the church, I mean um, Christianity. So that last one basically is like Satan's the best friend of Christianity because it keeps it in business. And he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And um, I can only speak to Catholicism because that's what I know. Mm-hmm. But it's such fear. It's so much fear based and or so much of it is fear basing. And like that is how I grew up was being terrified of Satan and what it meant to fall. Like, I mean, I just told that story about being a seven-year-old kid and being told that Def Leppard was, were Satanists and devil worshippers and wanted to subject me to a life of hell. Like, it's absolutely, like, it's totally right. 
They're interesting. These, these aren't that. These are the nine. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know for a fact, but I think because there are 10 commandments that he chose one less. Mm-hmm. So these are the nine satanic statements. I, well, and there's no significance to the number nine in Christianity. Right. There's number, there's significance to like three, three, six, ten, seven. Yeah. Um, 40, 40. Yeah. Oh, so it's kind of fascinating. It's like, it's like, Oh, these, these are the tenets, but they're not, but, but nothing's all that scary. It's not scary and nothing is really shocking. I mean, aside from where you were like, where we, we sort of had, uh, you know, a, a reaction before, uh, with the whole vengeance thing. Well, the vengeance thing is interesting, but I think like number six, Satan represents responsibility to the responsible instead of, uh, Concern for psychic vampires. I'm reading that upside down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting statement, actually. Mm-hmm. First of all, like, what are psychic vampires? Um, do, you, do you want me to tell you? Yeah, I do want you to tell, tell me. But I think, I think this is, a, I think this is actually a very, like, responsible statement. And Yeah, I mean, basically psychic vampires are thus, um, and it uses the word vampire purposefully, but psychic vampires are... People in your life who, um, uh, take from you and, and, right. and feed off of your brain and your heart mm-hmm. and your kindness, um, they take, 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 and yeah. they do not give back. Right. So the idea behind this is basically like, um, you know, I mean, the idea would be like, you have a dysfunctional family or you have this person, mm-hmm. this spouse in your life or this ex-husband and they're just they show up and they leave, they leave nothing, but they take, 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 take. Yeah. And I think that's the one, like, I think this, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like that statement alone, like kind of stands out from the others, Mm -hmm. mostly because it actually instructs people to take charge of their life and -hmm. take charge of their situation and be responsible for their actions. And also, um, kind of I just lost my train of thought for a minute there sorry you're fine um but I I I actually I I I like that statement a lot because I think it rings truth for a lot of people and I think that if if this was new to me and I was looking at this I'd be like oh wait a minute that's really important Mm -hmm. yeah there's some things on here that are that are interesting and worth knowing about at the very least um and I the reason I included them in this uh uh, I guess presentation that I'm doing. I don't know if it's a presentation, but that that on on the face of it, aside from the word Satan, they're not no that alarming. They're, they're pretty decent tenets of life. Yeah, um, like number two goes back to that magic, but Satan represents vital existence instead of spiritual pipe dreams. Yeah, I mean it's. it's I mean, we'd all say. I mean, save ourselves a lot of time if. <laughs> I mean, you and, I, you and I have been watching the Leah Remini, right? Different religion. Yeah. But I think oh, a lot of times when when this is applied satirically or applied to using one's own mind and free will, you can mm-hmm. sort of see that it really is just a, um, it's a, it, it's a rebuttal of, um, naivete in mm-hmm. the terms of being taken advantage of by religious charlatans. Yeah, Totally. And nowhere here does it say, please worship me like a god or anything. It's just, 
No, and none of these, none of these, that's a really good point. None of these say, if you do this, this will happen to you. You will happen. You don't have anything. It doesn't say, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Like, Mm -hmm. you should not do these things. It more says, this is what we represent. This is what we're looking to do. Like, they all start with represent, represent, represent. And that's what's really interesting. And that's where you look at it and you're like, this is, these are more guidelines. Mm-hmm. Instead of in the commandments, it's, if you do this, you're going, going to hell. To hell. Yeah. If you do this, you're going to hell. Well, you know that quote, right? Um, it's not in any of this stuff. This is not an Anton LaVey. This is just um, uh, just a quote, like usually attributed to quote unquote anonymous. Right. Um, but the quote is such. Um, uh, oh shit. What is it? Hold on. I've, I've got it for a second. Um, religion is for those who fear hell. Spirituality is for those who've been to hell and don't want to go back. Yeah. And this reminds me a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Right. Well, let's talk about the 11 rules of earth. Shall we? Please. (laughs) I'm just going to tick them off. And of course we could talk about them. Um, one, do not give opinions or advice unless you're asked <laughs> Two, failing. At that. Do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. Three, when in another's lair, show them respect or else do not go there. Four, if a guest in your lair annoys you, treat them cruelly and without mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Do not make sexual advances unless you are given the mating signal. Oh, we'll topical. come back to it. Yeah. Six. <laughs> do not take that which do not take that which does not belong to you unless it is a burden to the other person and they cry out to be relieved. Seven. Acknowledge the power of magic if you have employed it successfully to obtain your desires. If you deny the power of magic after having called upon it with success, you will lose all that you have obtained. Eight, do not complain about anything to which you need not subject yourself. Nine, do not harm little children. Ten, do not kill non-human animals unless you are attacked or uh, or they are trying to steal your food. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven, uh, when walking in open territory, territory, bother no one. If someone bothers you, ask them to stop. If they do not stop, destroy them. Okay, I have multiple things. To yeah. Say. Number one, I feel like Facebook should employ at least the first four of these. <laughs> um, <laughs> if they could, it's interesting though. Though set you know? these guidelines up for everybody, I would probably go back to Facebook. My favorite one of these going back to going back to the Facebook idea it is eight. Do not complain about anything to which you need not subject yourself. Yeah. Like when people. Talk about like all sorts of crazy, uh, hypothetical horseshit, and it's like, did that happen to you? And they're like, no. And it's like, okay, well, right. Gay marriage is raising my taxes. Yeah. Um, like, Does that? No, no, it's actually not. Um, it, or do not tell your troubles to others unless you are sure they want to hear them. Mm-hmm. Like all those people who are like FML. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, these are awesome, but, uh, I, just to go back to like the satanic panic and the West Memphis three, 
especially like I think it's nine and ten. Oh yeah. Um, specifically nine and ten because it, 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 if you're not familiar with the West Memphis Three, we we're not going to go into details about we'll it. Look now. it up online. You'll, look you'll... it up. Um, but three three teenage boys were arrested for the murder of three young younger boys younger boys in West Memphis. It's not Tennessee. Um, it's might be Kentucky. Maybe it's it's Arkansas. West Memphis, Arkansas. It's it's down there, but West Memphis. I'll post about it on Facebook. Yeah. I actually have the book by um Eccles, Damian Eccles, who was one of the boys yeah. that was arrested for this and convicted. Um, and these kids were and because, it, it was recently out of prison, like four years ago. Not that long ago. All three of them. They were outcasts, and and they you know listened to heavy metal music. Therefore, they were Satanists. Um, but well, one they, of them was basically a Brendan Dassey of his time. And he was the one. Yeah, he was the one that got them all arrested. Yeah, the youngest. He one. basically was like, we can uh, talk about this. Yeah, for well, let's not do it because we could cause because we're we're, gonna, we're already we're already going. But like. If they had gone, even if these boys did practice Satanism, which they didn't, no. but if they had gone and looked at these principles, they would have seen, because that was another thing was that they tortured animals yeah. as well. But 10 and 11 clearly state, or 9 and 10, I yeah. think, clearly state, you don't harm animals, you don't harm little children. And so that was, well, that was like a big thing practice. Um, that I was going to mention too. There was so much in the uh, satanic panic of the 80s. There was all this. Well, these are animal sacrifices are happening. It was all and, sacrifices. And these children yeah. are missing and they're being sacrificed. Yep. Uh, Anton LaVey, uh, Howie, <laughs> was, um, and probably people don't want to hear this, but let's let's put it out there. You've, you've heard all these things. He was kind of just a secular humanist that loved yeah. to scare people. And um, he, starting way back in the 60s, uh, uh, was against animal cruelty. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the worst things you could do, because uh, humans were animals, yep. was to hurt animals in any way. Uh, he was all about consent. You were not allowed to hurt women. You were not allowed to rape women. You were not allowed to. It's amazing. Like, uh, same thing with child molestation. Like, yep. you weren't allowed to do any of those things. Like, that's not what his magic was for. Mm-hmm. Um, he allowed, his- far before anyone else, he allowed gay people into the fold because he didn't believe that um, sexuality was a sin. Right. Right. So there was, I mean, it's, it's interesting for somebody who tried to play real dark Lord of them all. He was a real softy. <laughs> like, he was a progressive. Yeah. Really, and yeah. He, I mean, he allowed all of these things in and he, yeah, he was a total softy. He was mm-hmm. a pacifist. Probably, even though like one of his tenets is to fight back. Yeah, I was actually gonna say this is coming up later, but like in the rites and rituals, uh, uh, I had this coming up um, later. But but uh, in contrast to long-standing stereotypes about Satanists, uh, according to LeVay, there was no place for sexual orgies. There's no place for human sacrifice. No place for animal sacrifice. Like in the um, the one thing that you could do is be. Uh, considerate and kind to your fellow man and and this is first of all i think this speaks a lot about his parents um they were in love with him (laughs) because they i mean well and i i I said that kind of in jest but i I think there's Mm -hmm. some truth behind that because they were so supportive and loving like that that goes a long way um but this is not the opposite of 
Aleister Crowley, but it's definitely like in contrast to where. Yeah, he his mother died when he was so young, and his father died, and. Well, no, not so much his parents, oh. but as far as like his womanizing, and um, how he. Well, don't get it twisted. Anton loved to bang. No, no, no. He told. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like. But Alistair was a little bit more inclusive, I think. And so, I because I think that there are blurred lines there, and people, like, think that they're kind of conclusive. And that's not necessarily the case. Maybe I'm wrong. Where, like, Alistair Crowley and Anton LaVey are kind of almost, like, of the same line. No, they, they, uh, Anton LaVey was certainly inspired. But right. then... But he went at his was of a different time as well, though. That's true. So he was born in 1930. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to say Alistair Crowley was born in... Uh, he was in the 1878. 1878? Because he died in, like, 1943 or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to say he was born in, like... Yeah. I mean, I could be getting this wrong, but, like... It, 1878, yeah. 18... Right, seventy nine, something like that. So there, there's a there's a massive difference. Different times. He didn't go through the sexual revolution. And right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So totally different. So that's a fair point. But yeah. Um, and also hadn't seen the chaos of war in the way that people of the. Yeah. So how yeah. did how did Anton avoid uh, going to the old war? Did he did he well he did any military time? No. Well, World War Two happened when he was just a kiddo. And then by the time... But Korea or any... Like, he must have... Yeah, he was... Because he was born in 1930, so Korea would have been when he was... Uh, in his 20s. Yeah. I mean, old enough to go, but also that was a... Too old to be drafted. war. Yeah. And then too old to be drafted for Vietnam. And also, Lucky they probably to... wouldn't have had him because he would have shown up wearing a cape. And they were I'm like, sure he what's with your eyebrows? At least pretended to be gay, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, yeah. he wouldn't... Yeah. He would not have gone to do that. Um, we already talked about this, uh, but, um, LeVay had that pointed beard, wore that weirdo cloak. Wait, no, we didn't talk about the cloak. We were going to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Explain the cloak, please, because the cloak is iconic. Yeah, I mean... Uh, we'll post a, pictures, don't Yeah, worry. we'll post pictures. I mean, here's the thing, like, like going back to that lesser magic thing, Anton LeVay wanted to create a psychological message for people, and mm-hmm. he really wanted to be, like to sort of take that uh, icon of Satan and have people believe that he wasn't pretending to be Satan, that he was quote unquote Satan. Right. And so this dumb fucking cloak, <laughs> he was like cloak with this inverted pentagram. Uh, he just looked like an idiot. It had a hood though. I and it had an orange. But the horns, here's the thing. The horns were tiny. They were like the nubs. So small. They were so small. It's like in in the claymation Rudolph. Yeah. Uh, it's when like he's first growing his horns. And a they're Midsummer just Night's Dream when nubs. you see like the little, little, little nubs. They're so bad. <laughs> he. And it was like satiny. Yeah, so dumb. <laughs> um, speaking of dumbness. <laughs> he That's so good. Uh, wanted to sort of create just yes and this like eccentric persona so he would going back to the whole cage boy thing that he would lie to people about cage boy cage boy um (laughs) he went around obtaining and you probably know this unusual pets 
I do know this. Yeah. And so one of the pets that he actually bought was a lion. Yeah. Which he kept caged in his backyard. Because he had the background of being a yep. cage boy. Where's my stool? If he had a tamed um, lion in the backyard, which he would often bring people in the backyard and have his lion act like a kitten in front of him. And so it would convince people of his power. But it was a tame lion. Yeah. But he loved that lion. I mean, I guess. They had a great relationship. Well, he probably, I mean, he, he didn't think animals should be mistreated, so I'm not trying to say that. No, I think that he actually had a very good relationship. Do I think he was manipulating people? Absolutely. Yeah. But I think he loved that lion. Yeah. He um, would describe himself as the high uh, priest of Satan, and he ended up doing uh, what, what comes down to as... Uh, degrees inside of his society, which is this church of Satan. So this is going to, uh, as I talk about these degrees, one, two, three, four, and five, if it is reminiscent at all of Scientology, yep. Huh. Or whatever you're trying to achieve. But, Did, but here there's only five. Can I'm sorry to interrupt again. Uh, remind me, he and L. Ron Hubbard have no relation. Like they've never met. Well, they might have, but I don't, I don't, I don't have any stories about them. I don't. Alistair Crowley and Elrond. Yes. Tight. Well, not tight. Well, no, that's right. Alistair didn't like Elrond. Alistair didn't like him. But, Uh, but I will say this. Anton LaVey was so influenced by Alistair Crowley. He had to know about Jack Parsons and Elrond Hubbard. Good. Okay. And he had to know about Scientology and he used Scientology as a template to come up with his own his own church. Got it. Okay. Having seen what that Yeah, that makes sense. What that could do. Okay. I don't know that they even interacted ever met. but okay, got it. But he certainly understood like the blood sugar sex magic of California because he was a California kid. For sure. Um these levels one apprentice Satanist. Two witch or warlock. <laughs> Three priest or priestess of Mendes. Four, Magister Four, and um, did you say Magus before? Magus? I think it's Magus. Magus? Magus? I don't know. Magus Five is the highest you can get. I don't know. Where are you? <laughs> well, I'm not in the Church of Satan. Oh, I'm definitely a, a <laughs> priest or priestess of Me- priestess of Mendes Three. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Oh man, I'm just a I'm just a witch. Witch or warlock? <laughs> oh, you're witch. You said that. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not no, reading no, no, off of. No, I'm not reading right. off of your sheet at all. Uh, yeah. So there's that. I'm gonna add that to my title at work. <laughs> Priestess of Mendes. Very. <laughs> <laughs> you have like real little. It's gonna be like my current title slash Priestess of Mendes instead of having like my letters behind. Meh. Yeah. Don't worry, I have zero letters behind my title. <laughs> PhD, comma, priestess of Mendes. I can guarantee there are zero letters. Um, some celebrities you all might know of who were in the Church of Satan. Liberace. I have a good Liberace story that I'll tell you sometime. You want to say it now? I mean, it's not awesome. <laughs> it's a, it's my mom's, it's a story about my mom's uncle who might have had some relations with. Liberace, oh, and also with the Milwaukee Mafia, oh, and would disappear, oh, 
often and then reappear, like come back to his family. He was a, he was a musician. Liberace's from Wisconsin. I know. Yeah. And he and the Liberace, uh, <laughs> they were tight. <laughs> okay. My uncle Skip. I no, Liber- Liberace, I uh, before, uh, behind the cow, uh, candelabra came out on HBO, everyone thought he was straight. I'm just kidding. I'm like, like, Liberace, I- by the way, went basically <laughs> to his grave trying to prove he was straight. I looked at you like, this is a thing that you're telling me. <laughs> no. But no, like, he really, he, yeah. he wanted people to, to think that, which is crazy. Oh, well, it, it's, so, my, my mother's, um, aunt, oh, I guess she would be my aunt, too. Actually, she was my grandmother's aunt, so she's, like, a great, great something. How old is she, 25? Uh, she's recently <laughs> passed. Oh, sorry, She lived but... to be about 96 years old. She was an amazing woman, um. But it was her husband, and she, sp- like, spoke freely about this. That he was gay? About how her husband um, and don't. Liberace were very, very close. Huh? And, like, she had been widowed for so long. She was like, he would just disappear. He would just leave because he was a jazz musician. And oh. he would just, like, was on the road. And- Did jazz. Yeah. it's It's kind of like that, like family story that we have like it's kind of a fun story well we're in the home stretch here all right We've got three more satanists for you let's do it although i have other people who uh i did not include on this list who i don't know if they want to be called satanists i don't know but sammy davis jr was a satanist yep uh jane mansfield and marilyn manson so jane mansfield uh we referenced earlier she is mariska hargate of lawn lawn order svu mother a fame. She's her mother. Uh, Mariska Hargitay also was in the original Ghoulies, if anybody no. cares about that. Uh, I think that might have been her first movie. Uh, <laughs> Ghoulies. It's great. It's terrible. But Jean Mansfield was in a horrible car accident, and, her, yeah. and Mariska, I think, was in the car with her. Like, was she? The kids were in the backseat. We've referenced the Jane Mansfield yeah. thing before, too. Um, it was that, a well, horrible a car accident. death. Yeah, I so well, and the Marilyn Manson thing is more of a for show. You are not gonna no, s- no. He actually was friends with. Um, was he friends with Anton? Yeah, and oh. Anton. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, before he died, uh, Anton died in 1997. They happened to meet, and then um, I I think Best from everything friends. I read, it, Marilyn Manson believes all of this. But also, Marilyn Manson is uh, uh, at best a satirist. At worst, somebody to be afraid of. You know, like, there's, there's, he's... That guy's... I shouldn't say. He's silly. Well, he does a lot of cocaine, that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, girl, did you see that video, that video I posted on High Spirits? Yeah. Jesus Christ. He, dude... That made me uncomfortable, though. He does a lot of drugs, that's all I'm gonna say. Well... I know... He don't like drugs. The drugs like him. Yeah. <laughs> We're all part of the dope show. <laughs> I'm just going to whip. Can we just reference that every episode? Yes. Okay, thank you. I'm going to whip through this because we got to go. I there. I'm sorry. I keep um, talking. During the 1970s, LeVay found himself in financial difficulty. Oh. He's not alone with all of our char- charlatans, pathological, pathological liars, and uh, religious people. You can't people. even blame us on trickle-down economics because it's the 70s. <laughs> right? Um, in the church's newsletter, he announced that all higher degrees of initiation would be given in return for financial contribution. Tithing. Yep. So, at this point, 10%. people were like, yo, 
what? So um, I stopped being a Lutheran because I didn't want to pay 10%. Yeah. People in the group were actually repelled by this act, and they saw it as an act of hypocrisy, which, if you've been paying attention, it was. It was. Uh, in June of 1975, there was a mass desertion of members from the Church of Satan, uh, and many of them joined the Temple of Set, which we might talk about at some other time, which was founded by Michael Aquino. Yep. Finally, um, Arch Nemesis. I know, but who used to be in the Church of Satan? I'm Michael Aquino is a very interesting person. Right? We might do it. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Anton Levine died October 29th, 1997, in St. Mary's Medical Center in San Francisco of pulmonary edema. He was taken to St. Mary's, a Catholic hospital, because it was the closest. Oh, no. But after he died there, he was buried in a secret satanic funeral, (laughs) (laughs) which was invitation only, and it was held in Colma after uh, after that uh, uh, funeral happened. LeVay's body was cremated. Dun, 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 Or was it? It was. Or was he still, is he still walking around? No, it was cremated. We don't know that. We do. It was was it his body? Yeah, or it was. was it somebody else's? I don't know. We'll never know. We do. We know. <laughs> no, we'll never know. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to uh, the tale of Anton LaVey, otherwise known as Howard Stanton Levy, born right here in Chicago, Chicago's very own Levy. Satanist. Founder of the Church of Satan. Uh, hopefully you had a nice time, and um, hopefully you're not like terrified because of Satan tonight. Um, Did this one give you nightmares? Did you say that? <laughs> Off the record, yeah, I did. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, I got, as you can see from my research, no one can actually see my sheet of paper. I spent a really, really long time with this story. You guys... <laughs> She's so organized, and she is putting me to shame. No, you're like, great. You're killing it. I am such a schlub in note taking, and this is <laughs> in this is like an English teacher's like dream, <laughs> except that you're not using uh, numerals and all of the things. You're you're bullet pointing, but this is real good. Well, that so the reason why I had nightmares, I was so ensconced in this stuff. I think. Um, my, because of my religious upbringing, my, my, uh, sleep state is, uh, got it. Go refers back to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I've had some sweat dreams, sweat dreams. That's disgusting. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, audience. But like, of sort of like Baphomet and yeah. Okay. Uh, I gotcha. Being in a ritual. I know these things for me are not tr- like they don't ring true, but I think when my mind is at rest, or are they flashbacks? <laughs> yeah, right. To the 80s. No, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, they aren't. They're not repressed memories or anything like that. But when... Um, I'm thinking of that episode of uh, Buffy ugh. when Giles... Um, it's season two where um, Ethan Rain comes back. It's oh, the second Ethan time Rain. we see Ethan Rain where... They, he has flashbacks of when he was a uh, young man. Blood in sugar, England, sex, magic. Age. And they were doing blood sugar, sex, magic. And Giles keeps having all of those flashbacks. Yeah. And I'm picturing that's what you were going through. Yeah. I mean, I, my, I know better when I'm awake, but I think that's the whole thing about like no, when we're asleep, creepy. our mind is like, Ugh. But, uh, uh, yeah. And I don't want to delegitimate. Like, I know I've talked this stuff down and like tried to like tame it, but it, no, this is creepy. I spent stuff. too much time in it. You can see I, yeah, I just... you took so many notes, and I'm very proud of you and the work that you've done. 
I'm super impressed. No, it's it's but this is intense stuff, despite the fact that like we're taming it down, like it it's intense. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um that is I think all the time that we have. Noelle, what was your drink tonight? What is my drink tonight? Oh, it's uh in the spirit of Anton the Bay. I guess. No, I don't know. In the spirit of you, Jay, oh. it's friends.red. A red wine blend for our friends. Wonderful. Winky smiley face. And I'm drinking Daisy Cutter Pale Ale from the Half Acre Brew Company. Um, or beer company, I should say. Um, you've been listening to High Spirits, which is uh, a program that uh, my friend Noel Schmidt and I do together. Uh, please check us out on uh, iTunes and some of our other platforms like Facebook, um, Instagram, SoundCloud, and uh, certainly hit us up at Gmail if you like at highspiritchicago at gmail.com. Noel has one last thing to say to ye. Sweet dreams are made of <laughs>